you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Less is more. It's a new uh, series we started last week uh, about fasting. And so we wanted to let everyone know, thanks for coming today. Uh, this may be a different kind of week if you're here for the first time. Uh, we are starting today a 14-day fast. Come on, somebody. And uh, I, don't, I don't care where I've been. I'm not so proud of what I've done as much as I care about where I am and uh, where I'm going. And, uh, and so I think some of us can toot our own horn thinking that we're really great. But it's really not about the things that I've done or about the things God's calling me to. And I know that right now he's calling me to a 14-day fast. And that starts today. And so uh, I want you to know that fasting will accelerate your growth. It doesn't make God love you more. There's nothing you can do that can make God love you more. But it will make you love him more. Uh, sacrifice always has a way of doing that. Uh, I remember when, when, uh, when my son was born and the doctor handed him to me. I didn't know who this stranger was. My wife was in love with him. I didn't know him, you know, uh, but I got to know him. The more and more my wife handed him to me at 2 o'clock in the morning, um, that was sacrifice. And that sacrifice taught me how to love that little ugly creature that now is 12 years old, you know. And, um, and I just want you to know that sacrifice has a way of teaching us how to love. And when you give up things you love for things you love more, uh, that, 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 that's how you set your heart. And so unintentionally, uh, we have a way of creating habits in our life that we grow to love that choke out the things that we really loved most the whole time. And fasting is a way of cutting loose all of those other things and saying, Lord, you're the one that has my heart. With all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, I will love you. You know, I mean, you're first. Everything else is second. And uh, it's brutal. It'll be difficult. You'll hate it, and you will love it. And I want to stand here today and tell you, uh, after eight days of fasting, uh, I'm in love with Jesus, man, and uh, I'm thankful to be a son. I'm thankful that he loves me. I'm thankful for the plan that he has for me, and um, my confidence grows, not because of anything that I'm doing, but it, it is partly because of what I'm doing. I think all of us uh, unintentionally carry a little bit of, of shame, a little bit of guilt, a little bit of, of wish I was better at, and, uh, and, and what's wonderful about learning fasting is you're learning to obey the Lord. And the more you're doing what He's telling you to do, the more it's growing your confidence, not in you, but in your sonship, in your relationship with who He says you are. And so you can stand here knowing, Lord, I'm, I'm not better because of anything I've done. I'm just doing what you're telling me to do more. And I'm so thankful for that. Does that make sense? Uh, and so... Uh, it's, it's, it's cool to be confident in our love for Jesus, and uh, I want that to grow in your lives as your pastor. I want to just talk to you for a few minutes about fasting. Uh, some of you are like, what the heck is going on? Listen, uh, we're serious about this, and uh, I really would, I would challenge you to, uh, to do this with us. I want to see you grow. And so how do you fast? Well, we'll I'll tell you one more time here afterwards. I'm going to go to the book of Daniel and just read to you. Chapter 1, if I can find it in my Bible here, I swear I had it earlier. There it is, Daniel 1. I'm going to start off on verse 3 and uh, give you a little bit of backstory on it. Israel is a nation that, of God's people, and um, they were conquered, and um, 
city was burned, and the people were taken as slaves to another country called Babylon. And in that place called Babylon, what the king Nebuchadnezzar did, and what's kind of cool about this, uh, about this, all of the books of the Bible is people use it as history to really learn more about other cultures. This, this is fact. Like, this happened. And so Daniel and his people, the, 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 the king Nebuchadnezzar, uh, he, he loved information, and he wanted to know facts about every culture on the face of the earth. And so he was trying to find leaders from everywhere. And so he would take the elect of each nation and make them uh, learn other cultures and teach him information. And um, it's unfortunately a lot like America. We just know everything about everyone that we've lost our identity. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's a story for another day. So in, uh, in verse 3, what we're going to find is the elect of God's people is serving the king. The king ordered his chief of staff to bring him uh, to the place where some young men of Judah, the royal family, and other noble families who had brought to Babylon as captives, select only the strong, the healthy, the good-looking young men, and make sure that they are all well-versed in every branch of learning and are gifted with knowledge and of good judgment and are suited to serve the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. And they were to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. Now feed these guys the best food on earth. Man, imagine Chef Ramsay is feeding these guys every day, you know. And uh, for three years they would study, and it says that uh, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were the four young men who were all chosen from the tribe of Judah. Verse 8 says, Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and the wine that was given to them by the king. So he asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I am afraid of my Lord the king has ordered me that you eat this food and wine. And if you become pale and thin compared to the other youths of your age, and I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. Um, let me just stop there for a second. Make sure you know a couple of things. One, this uh, guy who serves the king is talking to Daniel saying, look, you can't not eat because you're going to become thin and you're going to become pale and you're not going to be useful to him and then my head's going to be on the stake. Um, this makes me nervous for a second. I just want to stop and talk to you about fasting for just maybe two minutes. There's some theory going around right now that you can't fast. My doctor says I can't. It's not true. Uh, and I, I say that with every fiber of my being. Why? You can do anything that the Lord tells you you can do. And what's dangerous is when we allow other people to determine what is healthy or unhealthy for us. Now, use wisdom, use caution, take baby steps in doing all of these things. But don't rule something out that God says is good for you and designed for you to grow closer to Him. Uh, I think that's foolishness. Because the highest authority on earth is no doctor, but the Word of God. And so we must understand that when God is saying that something is good for us, we've got to learn how to do it in baby doses. 
So don't start a 14-day fast today if you've never fasted before. Do a one-day fast or just eat one meal a day or just eat salad today. Lord knows that'll be terrible and a lot of a fast, you know. I don't know what kind of fast that God will call you to. Maybe it's no coffee. Maybe it's no screens. Maybe it's no phones. Maybe it's no something. But if it doesn't hurt, you're not doing it right. Fasting is a massive inconvenience that requires you to pray throughout the day because it makes you groan for what you want, recognizing, oh, I actually don't want that thing. I'm after something way better. And so um, I, I would challenge you, even if you've already started fasting, to raise the bar a little bit. Figure something else out. What can you add to the pot that will cultivate a love for God for the next 14 days with me? Does that make sense? Cool. And so this guy says, look, you can't do this. You'll be pale and skinny, um, and I'll lose my head. And then verse 11 said, Daniel spoke to his attendant, who had been appointed by the chief of staff, to look after these guys. And he said, please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. Oh, Lord knows that doesn't sound fun at all. I mean, I know some of you guys like this all the time. But all of us know you're weird, okay? We just don't tell you to your face. Um, test this for 10 days on vegetables and water. At the end of the 10 days, verse 15, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned to them by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of food and wine provided for them for the others. For God gave these four men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. Let me just stop there. That's what we all want is to be able to possess knowledge. When What happens is this isn't our first desire that God would give us gifts, but they are desires that we have. And when God, when, when you begin to cleanse yourself and cry out and draw closer to Him and closer to Him, this, all through the Bible, there's going to be stories about, about the parable of the stewards. And those that are faithful, He rewards with more. And God will give the gifts of the Spirit to you in greater measure as He realizes that you are faithful in the little things. But please understand, there is nothing more important to Him than your ability to access Him in prayer. So he's not looking to give you wisdom. He's not looking to give you a promotion at work. He's not looking to give you things that are going to pull him away from you. He wants to give you things that are going to draw you closer to him. So if you're seeking him, man, giving you more wisdom is great because you're realizing that the only way you're going to get more wisdom is by seeking him more. So he gives you more wisdom. And you're like, I need more of this. He gives you more wisdom. He goes, I need more of this. And so Daniel became super wise, filled with understanding in every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability then, more gifts he's given him, to interpret dreams and visions in verse 17. And then in 18, it says, when the training period order the king was completed. Nope, let me stop there. I want to make sure that you know, man, we believe in dreams and visions. We believe that God is speaking to all of you. And I want the ability to know what God is saying. I want to know prophecy. I want to be able to lay hands on the sick. There are giftings in the scripture that we know are real, that we've heard about throughout the earth, and we believe that God's still doing this right now, and we want to possess those things. And in order to do it, you have to, He will give these gifts to anyone, but we want to be found faithful before He gives them. Why? I've seen God give people the gift of healing or the gift of prophecy, and they let it get to their head, and they fall away from the Lord using these gifts. I want to be faithful. 
Give me a gift that draws me closer to you. Does that make sense? All right, cool. I have to keep going. Way over time already. All right. So the king was completed, and the, key, and the chief of staff brought all the young men to Nebuchadnezzar. And the king talked to them, and, was, and, 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 and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azra. And so they entered the royal service, and when the king consulted them in a matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them ten times more capable than any other magicians, enchanters, and then in his entire kingdom. And I just think, what a great way to find favor with man than to find favor with the king. In my life right now, I'm fasting, and what I'm realizing is cultivating a love for him but it's cultivating a confidence in me because I recognize more today than yesterday that I'm doing a better job obeying Him. And I feel when I stand in His presence then, man, this is where I'm supposed to be. I love it. Whatever you want to do in my life, you can do. Whatever you want, and that's easier for me to obey Him when He says, hey, go tell Gary he smells or that I have a call of God on his life, you know? And I walk over, I don't know, I'm mine, because I've been giving up, I've been obeying him, and I can see the reward, and so I'm just going to trust him when he says something a little simple to him, you know? I love you, Gary, you don't, you smell beautiful is what I was trying to say. You smell great, you know what I mean? Um, cool, that was the prequel. We want to ask you to join us on the fast. Uh, so we give up things we love for things we love more. The greatest call in your life is to love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And I guarantee you believe that, but you give up Oreos and steak and double cheeseburgers and salty French fries from McDonald's and Reese peanut butter cups. And you, I'm sorry. <laughs> when you start giving up things you love, you start realizing what your life is really after. Unfortunately, when you give up things you, you like that that you love, you realize what your life was after. And you're like, man, I, I, I thought that I had you up here, and I probably just had a whole lot of things up here. But none can compare to my love for you, Lord, you know? Cool, cool. All right, we're, we're going to start the sermon right now. Would you all stand to your feet with me as we read God's Word? We're going to try to do this in about 10 minutes. We'll see how that goes. Said every preacher you've ever met in your whole life, right? Ephesians chapter 3 says this, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety of all um, of the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And this was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ, our faith in him, we can now boldly come and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. Verse 14, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father and the creator of everything in heaven. And this is what I pray. I pray that from his glorious power and unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. And your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to fully understand, then you will be made complete with the fullness of life and power that comes from the Lord. Now all glory to God 
who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. There's uh, several things um, in this passage that really stands out to me a lot. I was reading this this week, and I couldn't get over it, and the Lord said, this is your sermon. And There's a few things I want to just pick out. One, love the first part of what I read to you there in verse 10. God's purpose in all this. Uh, the NIV and the ESV would say uh, God's plan in all of this was to use the church. In the very beginning of time, God had a plan for his church. I want you to know there's something special about church. There's something special about what God's called us and designed us to do in the world, that we're a hope and a beacon to a lot of people out there. That together, collectively, when we stand here, there's a lot of different voices, there's a lot of different perspectives, there's a lot of different hurts, there's a lot of different backgrounds, there's a lot of different scars represented right here in this room. And together, we make up this beautiful body, and he's had this plan for us forever. There's nothing as powerful as the church. He said that he'll build his church, and the very gates of hell won't prevail against it. And I'm thankful to be part of that church. He's doing something beautiful with us. His plan is to, to display us and, and uh, for the sake of his wisdom, even to the unseen angels, demons, it says. Principalities. He wants everyone to know the beauty of what happens when we get together. There's something powerful that happens here. When you can see the redemptive qualities of man learning to cry out to God. Uh, it, it just tells the whole story of redemption, how much he loves us, how much he's washed away. I mean, anyone here been forgiven? It just, it's wonderful. Uh, this was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. In verse 12 is pretty special. It says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now boldly and confidently come into God's presence. We can now confidently and boldly come into God's presence. Now, what's really hard about being a preacher in America is getting through the stuff that you know that you don't know. It's like talking to my 12-year-old sometimes, talking to the church. You know, but you don't know. He wants you to confidently and boldly come into his presence. And many of us are struggling, struggling, struggling with just that. You have to know you weren't meant to be a cheerleader or a, a, a manager or an entrepreneur, you weren't meant to be a wife or a father. You were meant to be a son and daughter. You were meant to be a child of God far before you were called to do anything he's called you to do. And learning how to stand in his presence and be with him is why you were made. The Bible says that we were created in him, for him, and through him, and by him. And we... Everything about us was because of him for him. Yet prayer is super difficult for us. 
I want to change that. But I can't. You can. It's going to be a process. One of the main reasons why I believe prayer is difficult, it's just one, I'll give it to you real short. It's mainly because of the time that we live in on the earth. It's only going to get worse for the next generation. So if you don't fix it, it's going to get worse. What do you mean? Really, technology is making this thing called prayer boring and extremely difficult. It's hard to sit and meditate after you've watched Avatar. Really. You see colors and everything is so beautiful and so glorious and then you sit into nothing and wait. I ain't got time for this. The world is speeding up. And, and the, 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 the God of this world is, is speeding up technology in a way that's advancing. Your, your, our thought process is making slower the ability to process thought. I mean, literally, you could watch Netflix documentaries and all these things that would talk about the cell phone technology and movies and, and videos and all these things. Our ability to process just focus is, is dropping so much. I mean, I think that they had said that in the 1970s, our ability to, to have a thought was, was on average nine seconds. And right now, our ability to have a, a focused thought is less than four seconds long. It's hard to just focus. We'll, we'll go into prayer and forget why we're here. The Lord wants you to boldly enter his presence because there's so many things he wants to show you and reveal to you. And it's hard when there's been shame and condemnation and the enemy has sped our lives up with so many activities that we have to do and places we have to go and things we've got to get done. And that's why one of the things we're fasting is so we can take off all this other stuff that we've got to do so we can make time to be in his presence. Fasting is just starving if you don't know how to pray. I don't need you to starve. So what this is about is teaching you how to pray. And so because I know some of your thought processes is really difficult, this week I want to challenge you to get out an old typewriter or computer and type out your prayers. It'll help your focus. I'm asking you, on behalf of the call of God that's on your life, to handwrite your prayers. Or do what people have done long ago and say them out loud. And don't go quiet. Talk the whole time and use your words. It will keep your focus. Your attention span is drifting. And it's harder for you to lock onto a thought. I mean, if you were to just try to, it's easier for me right now to just focus on a cheeseburger it won't be long before I'm thinking about the fries and the Coke and the ice and the napkin, you know, whatever else, and the, you know, the drive to get there. And it, your mind just drifts. It just goes. It just keeps going. But I want you to boldly enter God's presence. And so there's some things that we've done to help you. I can't make you fall in love with God. Only you can do that. He's called. Jesus died to make it give you access. The throne is open. I don't want to give you a myth that makes you think that if you start fasting today, every day in prayer is angelic beings showing up and feeding you. Um, there's sometimes it's boring. 
Uh, this week, I had two really fun days in prayer. Fun. And I had a lot that I did the discipline of loving God. It's like marriage. <laughs> Never mind. That was a joke. <laughs> Praise him. Um, <laughs> so what you need to know is, uh, so uh, Teresa put together this book, um, and uh, it's got some prayers in it. And I don't know if it's just Pentecostals or what, but there's something about Pentecostals that, like, about myself that annoys me that I'm learning that I've been wrong the whole time. Pentecostals don't like reading other prayers because it feels less spiritual because it's not like authentic and not from the heart. That's dumb. <laughs> Read other people's prayers. Listen to people's hearts yearn. Read the Psalms and listen to David cry out and realize that he was a sinner. I mean, sometimes it takes a, a Christian eight, nine months before they realize that they've sinned. We don't even know how to repent. We don't know how to lament and cry. We don't know how to rejoice and celebrate. We don't, reading other prayers is a powerful thing. There's books of prayers that are wonderful. And there's some that are in scripture that are awesome. You could read the prayer of Jabez. Bless me, O God. Expand my tents, right? You could, you could read uh, the, 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 the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I want to encourage you, when you read prayers, stop and pray along those lines. And add your thoughts to them. And then come back to it. Use it as an outline. But pray. Some of it, it's our focus. It goes, and we don't know how to come back. But don't stop doing it because you're not good at it. This is the very thing on earth that we were called to do. This is like not cooking because you're not good at it. Well, you have to eat. Many of you don't cook because you just, you know, let McDonald's cook for you or whatever. Here you go. Um, we put some prayers in here that are pretty powerful. And uh, like the Lord's Temple outline, we put in here the Lord's Prayer. Praying, the, There's a whole bunch of scriptures in here you can, you can read and pray. Um, you could pray Paul's Prayer or Jesus' Prayer. There's a whole lot of prayers. But you've got to get back to seeking the Lord. It's what our life is about. And I think that we're silly to believe we have a relationship, but don't talk to God. That's not a relationship. And so fasting is us pulling off all of the other distractions. I have a friend that is pretty wise, and they talked about um, a hard season in their life. They were married for years, and their kids moved out of their house. And they said when their kids moved out of their house... It was like the next day they realized that their marriage was in a bad place. They had distractions the whole time, but it wasn't until things changed that they were like, whoa, this is where, this is where we are now. I don't, I don't like this. Well, it's where you've been the whole time. You just filled your life with a lot of distractions. Does that make sense? And so while fasting will enhance your intimacy with God, it really will, It'll enhance your prayers. What I've learned is that while I've only had a few cool moments of prayer, I'm having moments throughout the day with God 
that I wasn't seeing because I had my eyes fixed on other things that I, it was glitter and shiny and wonderful and I thought was awesome. So the idea isn't to fast, it's to pray. So when I read this story here uh, about the Apostle Paul praying in the book of Ephesians, it just lands differently. I want to enter into a time of prayer here with our church, and I'm going to ask all of you to join me. I'm specifically going to ask the youth to help us and pray today. Uh, but we're going to ask you to come and line up on this wall and line up on this wall and come over and pray in the microphone. I'm going to ask you to pray. Keep it short to two to three sentences. If you pray super long, more than three sentences, I'm going to give you the hook. All right, It's going to be really embarrassing for you. Don't do it. Um, but we want you to pray loud so everyone can hear you. Uh, but uh, I want you to tell us what you're praying for so other people can pray with you. Why? Because there are prayers that others have never heard before, never learned before, or just simply forgotten. How many of you have been a Christian for 30 years? Here, raise your hand. Isn't it awesome when you hear someone praying for Israel for the first time and you're like, oh, wow, we're supposed to, oh, yeah. Or when someone says we're, we're, we're praying for our government, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to. We're praying for our pastor. <laughs> you should do that. Uh, in this service, in this morning, I, I was so blessed. Uh, Amanda uh, prayed for the teachers in America right now. I forgot that. I pray for my girls every day as we drop them off at school, but I forget to pray for the teachers. And we're thankful for you people on the front line. Amen, church? So we're going to ask you guys to come down and pray. I'm going to read this prayer one more time from Paul. And what we're going to do is we're just going to turn this into a time of prayer. I pray that this week you figure out a way to make time. Jesus said, when you pray, go into your secret place. I pray you have a place where you go to pray. For me, it's my truck. I love my truck. I love being in my truck alone with God, with the music on, I just feel close to Jesus. It's mostly because I, I, I can see things around me, and my, I don't know, it always comes back to the Lord. Find a place. Go for a walk along the lake. Do something to cultivate your love and your conversation with Jesus, and then make time to hear. Does that make sense? I'm going to read you this prayer, and then I'm going to ask you, uh, not everyone, but mostly everyone, even if you're here for the first time, you can pray. Just come stand along the walls, and then when you pray, say what you're praying for with one word. Um, like if, if you're praying for uh, the sick, I'm sick. I'm praying for healing, Lord, today. You know, this kind of thing. Does that make sense? Uh, that way everyone that knows what you're praying for doesn't figure it out when you're done. We can pray along with you, and it makes sense for us. Cool. Hey, Deb, would you come? We're going to turn this into a place of prayer right now. I'm going to read this prayer to you. When I think of you, I fall on my knees and pray to the Father, of the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious and unlimited resources that he would empower you with strength through his spirit. And when Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. 
And may you have power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And may you experience, that's what I mean about distractions. It's crazy. It's all time. It happens. I'm not trying to embarrass you. And just like that, you would stop praying. I swear Amazon knows when I'm praying. And may you have power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And that's why you read a prayer. See how that just worked out? We got, I got distracted. Let me rephrase it. But I knew where to come back to. If you write it down, take a notes, or pray the scripture, it'll help you. I'm just trying to give you keys. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to fully understand, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Would you play? Rachel said something powerful earlier. Will you say that again? And that was probably better than my sermon. Listen to this. This is, this is super good. Um, for those that don't um, watch football or into sports, an event happened on Monday night where a player during the middle of the game had a cardiac, went into cardiac arrest and, and basically died on the field. And um, it was very traumatic for a lot of the players. They ended up canceling the game. Um, but in the days following, the amount of prayer that came out of the sports world was mind-blowing. Yeah. Uh, an anchor on ESPN in the middle of his broadcast stopped and prayed. Last night, there was a game, an NFL game, and both teams, all, all of the players came to the middle of the field and knelt and prayed for this player. And just the love that went out for him. But it was more than that. It was the prayer, the boldness to right there in the middle of what they were doing to stop and pray and to yield to God. The boldness to, for this news anchor to put his job on the line. He works for Disney. (laughs) To pray. I mean, the boldness that each one of those people took. Yeah to pray and to surrender because they knew where to look. They knew who to cry out to. And I pray that over our church and I pray over each one of you that you would have that boldness in your prayer. That in the middle of your work day when someone says, you know what, I am just having this problem, this this thing in my marriage, this thing in my with my kids, that you would say, you know what, let's pray. Let's pray right here, right now. I pray that you would have that boldness to stop and to pray for whoever that is, whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, that we would have boldness in our faith. Yeah, man, it's um, when the world is lining up to pray, the church ought to be leading it, amen? So if you're a believer and you've been slacking, it starts now, man. We got to raise the bar. start Lord Jesus I need you 
family needs you. The church needs you. I need you. I'm a fool without you. I always say the wrong thing. I always do the wrong thing. I need you to lead me. I need you to strengthen me. I need you to humble me. I need you, Lord. Those who obey have faith, and those who have faith obey. The word says, faith without works is dead. So, Lord, we repent for our disobedience. And, God, I ask that you will open our eyes to the areas where we've been disobedient and turn our hearts back to you. Jesus. for my unsaved loved ones. Lord, I ask that you would give me wisdom to have words to say to my family members and that when I'm not available, you would put others in my place, Lord, that there would be divine appointments for people to speak into the lives of my family who does not know you and that your light would be apparent that they would come to know you and that your spirit would just expand throughout my family. I have two words, holiness and idolatry. Papa, you are sending Jesus back for a holy bride, one that is set apart and focused on kingdom business and not on our own capture our thoughts, time, money, and talents for your people. The word says that you will spit a lukewarm church out of your mouth. Forgive us for putting anything before you, which is idolatry. Holy Spirit, come and fill each of us up again. Draw us closer and focus on what our lives were created for in Jesus' name. Amen. Freedom. In Galatians 5.13, it says that God's people are called to freedom, not for fleshly desires, but for the love of Christ. And so, Father God, I, I, I speak over this congregation, Father God, freedom from every hurt from the past, Father God, every false identity, Father God, that they've been given to be able to walk boldly, Father God, in your love, in your righteous holiness, Father God, so that we, we may focus on you. Father God, I speak freedom of our youth to not be bonded by, Father God, those influences, Father God, that is not that are not of you. Father God, to seek your face purely and boldly, Father God, to live in your righteous love and to advance your kingdom in your name. This prayer is inspired by uh, <clears throat> Deuteronomy 131. Lord, may we see how you carry us the way a father carries a son all the way until we reach the place that we are supposed to be. Jesus, during this fast, can we know your love so intimately as the father loves us? Help us, God. 
expectation. Lord, I pray that you would fill us with faith. Lord, I pray against apathy. I pray that we would come to you, Lord, being able to stand on your word and your promises, Lord, with expectation that you're going to move, that you're going to work, that you're going to do as you say that you're going to do. Lord, I pray against um, just fear, doubt, Lord. I pray against um, the mundane. I pray against discouragement, Lord, that the enemy might try to deceive us, Lord. But I pray that we would stand in expectation, Lord God, that you are who you say you are and that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. I pray right now for surrender and for revival. Lord, I, I pray for this upcoming generation and for all the church, that there would be a revival, a want, a yearning for you, Lord, a surrender. Lord, give us the fire, Lord. Help us to want more of you and to do your will in all things. Love you, man. I'm going to pray for um, the word is light, the light of Jesus. Let the light, the light shine out of darkness. Um, in 2 Corinthians 4.3, uh, it says that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For God who said, let shine, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. <laughs> the Lord told me to say praying Spanish, I'm sorry, for whoever needs it now. Padre Celestial, yo te pido, Señor, por las personas que pueden escuchar esto en español, Señor, que la luz del de Evangelio brille en sus corazones, Señor, que la luz de tu gloria sea mostrada en la cara de Jesucristo, Señor. Yo te pido, Padre Santo, que los sacres de oscuridad, Señor, los traigas a la luz. Amén. I was going to ask you to do that. That's awesome. I pray for growth. I pray for growth within ourselves, mentally, emotionally, physically, for growth away from the things holding us back. I pray for growth within our church, within our community, within our schools, within anything we come onto. I pray for growth in the Lord's kingdom, that we set a match onto grass and it bursts into flames for him. Amen. Um, I'm gonna play, pray for um, healing. In Psalms 34:18, it says, "The Lord is close to those to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit." Lord, I just ask, Lord, that you place your precious hand, Lord, over those who are broken and suffering emotionally, mentally, and physically. Lord, I ask that you would just fill them, Lord, and heal them, Lord, and be the person next to them, Lord. And I just ask, Lord, that it just that they just come to you, Lord, lay everything at your feet, Lord, and you take all that pain away, Lord, and that they be with you, Lord. I love you, man. You're awesome, brother. Healing and restoration. Father, today we just crucify flesh. We crucify our failures. crucify those things that have taken our eyes off of the goal first and foremost you Father we just pray that 
the restoration power and the resurrection power of Jesus Christ would come and fill those areas. That the resurrection power would come and bring hope again. Come and fill in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for schools, Lord. I pray for the safety in schools. I pray that there's just a revival in schools, Lord, and just kids get confidence and faith in you, Lord, just to spread just to spread your word and your faith and your faith among their peers and among their teachers. I pray for the safety in schools. I pray for the safety among students, teachers, administrators. Parents shouldn't have to worry when they're sending their kids off to school, Lord. I pray that you just protect your schools, Lord. Protect and revive. I want a revival in all of the schools here in Florida, Lord. Not even Florida in the United States, Lord. I just want to see schools on fire for you, Lord. Amen. Hey, we're sending your littles to you. If you can. Melissa's deadening them out right now. Lord God, I want to I want to pray for those in my family and in my work and the places that I that I go that are lost, Lord God. Lord God, when I am in those places and I don't know what to say and I don't know how to respond and I don't know what to do, Lord God, I just pray that you would help to give me the words, give me the boldness and the courage if need be, Lord God. But just help me to be able to speak something to their spirits and to their hearts, Lord God, to help them to know that you love them, to help them to know that you're calling them, to help them to know that you're there for them, Lord God, that, that you're not there to bring shame on them or you're not there to bring guilt or condemnation, Lord God. But if they open up to you, Lord God, that, they, that you will accept them with open arms, Lord God, because you've been waiting there the whole time. Lord God, I just pray right now that you would just give me the words, give me the ability in those moments to be able to communicate that. Um, I pray for single parents everywhere that you give us the wisdom and discernment and guidance to guide these young minds that to be mother and father um, to take them to church when they need to go even when they don't want to go father give me give me the patience to know when to keep my emotions down when to just be the, the like you heavenly father help me to be the almighty parent Help me to do what's best for them when they don't know what's best for them. I love you, Father. Thank you. So good. So good. God, I pray for the youth. Um, as I was worshiping, God slowed down everything else, and he highlighted all the children's voices singing. And I know that the Holy Spirit isn't any smaller for the kids. It's the same amount that's for any adult in here. 
God that the, the children of this generation will be on fire for God and that the church will be on fire for God because we know that with the power of God anything can happen freedom where the spirit of the Lord there's freedom Lord draw us into your presence let us feel safe in your presence Jesus you came to declare the year of the jubilee to set captives free father god i just pray that your spirit moves in this place lord god break every chain father god break every shackle father god just release all things that wants to bind our mind our hearts our spirits father god let us be drawn into you hey hey can you all um melissa can you stand up <laughs> just kidding i know i know you're standing up <laughs> She's always the shortest person in the room. Can you stretch your hands towards Melissa? We're praying for the youth and for the kids, but we want to pray for our kids' pastor. Lord, the sermons that you download will leave an impression for 30, 40, 50 years to some of these. And I pray that you put a special blessing on Melissa and all of her staff, everyone that comes in there and works for her, they're not, they're not daycare, they're not babysitting, they're, 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 they're laying hands, they're, they're, they're praying, they're worshiping, they're investing the kingdom of God in these littles. Lord, would you put your blessing upon her? In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit that you'll fill us all up and just protect this building and the kids building and just help us to know you more I want to pray for wisdom um, and uh, we are a, a growing church we uh, we know that the spirit of the Lord is here and the Lord is moving but I want to pray for for uh, double triple ten times the amount of wisdom uh for for tim for brady for all the pastors for the, for the elders for the board father and uh one of the things that the lord was speaking to me this morning was and i'll try to be quick uh, uh brief uh is trusting the word and trusting the lord we trust google we trust politics we trust our senators representatives more than than the word of the lord that is crazy that's nonsense and uh, uh i i believe the lord is calling us to to trust him and to go back and and and, and gain wisdom from him and i'm gonna read uh, real quick uh, proverbs uh two cry out for insight and ask for understanding search for them as you would for silver seek them like hidden treasures then you will understand what it is to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. So I pray that we can get wisdom from you, Father, so that we can move forward in our lives and with the church, with our ministries, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Yes, thank you. Dear 
Lord, I pray for generosity, that we will be more generous to the people around us, friends and family and people um, at gas stations or on the side of the street. And I pray that um, we have all the time in the world for us, but we might not have all the time in the world for other people. Father, I lift up those that have lost loved ones this year. I pray that you would bind the broken hearts and that you would bring peace, that you would bring joy and memories and love. Father, that you would just bring peace, overwhelming peace. In Jesus' name. I want to speak on boldness. You can't steer a parked car. The simple step, if your hands are feeling cold or sweaty, if you're feeling a little twinge in your gut, if you're feeling heat on your shoulders, that's the Holy Spirit working on you right now. When you don't step out in faith and give us the body, what God is telling you. You don't even have to have the words. You just have to have the thought. I don't even have the words when I come up here. I just have the thought. But he gives me the words when I'm vulnerable in front of him. You don't give those words. You're cheating yourself. You're cheating your spirit. You're cheating us. I pray that you'll take those simple signs that God is giving you right now. You may even not even think it's the right thing to do, but when you step out in faith, he gives you the next step. Trust him. This is a safe place. This is the safest place you can be right now. Thank you. Amen. Um, people, um, I pray that um, early anything that like like we just like understanding and uh, like just like help with anything we need to understand too so like like no matter what amen understanding I like that no laughing my word was boldness and I felt like Tim talked about that this morning and then Rachel reiterated it and then the young man that came before me also and I thought well it's not necessary for me to do it again uh, but you said we should obey God and not man so here I am so I'm going to talk about boldness just for a minute in the book of Acts it says whoa when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus and beholding the man which was healed standing with them they could say nothing against it so God I ask you to give us boldness whether we're in the grocery store or talking to our postman 
whether I'm talking to my neighbor or talking to a student, I ask God that you give me boldness. Not to say that I will pray for you later, but maybe you could change that, that let me pray for you now. So you can see how good our God is. So Lord, give us in this room and those watching a new boldness to be your witnesses. As we fast and pray, God, as we draw near to you, I ask that you would draw near to us. Fill us anew with your boldness. And I thank you for it. Isn't this awesome? Come on, church. Hunger for your word. Lord, we ask for a hunger for your word. For new believers, for children, for those of us that have been around forever, Lord. God, I pray a hunger that's insatiable. That I can't enter a conversation without someone bringing up your word, Lord. I pray that, Lord, for our church and for our community. In Jesus' name. Jesus, I thank you so much that you've been such a good provider in our lives, that giving up even a few small things is hard because we have so much. And I thank you for giving us this opportunity to push aside some of the clutter so that we can focus on you, so that we won't be satisfied with lesser things. Um, I'm going to pray for shame and that um, I had a vision while uh, Pastor Tim was doing the sermon of God sitting upon his throne and in his left and right hand he had Adam and Eve and they were weeping and repenting and that uh, no matter what God will always love you and that even if you're like currently doing a sin or if you like have done sins before and you are feeling shame um, that God will always love you and that he will always let you know that he will be with you. The Spirit. Oh God, I'm praying for a stirring of the Spirit. I pray that you send the Spirit to ignite our tongues on fire to speak your name, Lord, in the name Jesus out loud in front of anybody, Lord. Lord, I pray that you send your Spirit to guide us towards your mercy, your grace to lead us into our days and towards you, Lord. My prayer is for healing and faith, and I feel like it piggybacks off of several boldness. The one that, the gentleman that said, have faith and trust in the word, just like in James, when it says, if there are any who are sick, that they would come to the elders and that they would anoint them with oil and that the prayer of the faith would heal them. So I pray for faith. I pray for confidence in your word that we will start to see anointing with oil over the sick and they will be healed because we'll have the faith to back it up, which is a gift from you. Thank you, Jesus. Today, today. Pray for hope that those that fear all hope is gone, that they find through you that hope 
is in you and that those that are feel lost and think there's no hope they know there is hope because you are you for holiness Lord you said that if we love you we will keep your commands and Lord we love you so we ask that you would draw us to you and call us to more holiness Lord I ask that as as we catch ourselves um, in sin that you would call us to repentance and to get back up and you would lead the way Lord Lord even during this fast as a lot of things are brought up to the surface. We ask that you would take them away. We ask that you would deal these out and you would call a, you would bring us into a new level of holiness. Lord, we want more of you. Harvest. Father, I thank you for your word that the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. Father, and we say thank you that we are your ambassadors, God, that we can go to those in this world, the, the harvest that is indeed ripe, God. I pray you would give us a deep belief and a deep knowing that those that we encounter are right and ready to come to you, Father. God, that our lives would be just such a sweet fragrance to them. God, those that are hurting and dying, that, Lord, you would move our hearts. God, and I pray for this church, Jesus, that we would be prepared and ready and that you would bring a harvest beyond anything that we can comprehend, Lord. That by your power, Jesus, those would be saved, delivered, set free, baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, Father, and live for you, Jesus. We thank you for those that you are entrusting to us, Father, and we thank you for the leaders in this house, God, that you would cause them to step up and step forward and believe that the harvest is ripe and we are ready, Father. We want to move with you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I just pray for revival. I pray for revival in the church, in the country, and just in the whole world. That people would just be drawn closer to you. That mass amount of people would realize that you are almighty and that you are the one and only true God. That there would be a fire set down in our soul, God. That we would want to know you more. I also pray for the Christians that who've been drawn away from you, God. I pray that there would be revival amongst them and that they would just come back to you, God. I'm going to stop those lines there, okay, so no one else in line. Um, I felt led to pray for families, so God, I thank you for families. Um, I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would provide for um, any families in any way that they need. Um, you know what they need, and I pray that you uh, would provide for anything that they're lacking, God. I pray that families aren't broken, and if they are, I pray, the Lord, that you would start healing and mending those relationships, God. I pray, God, that um, that families can grow together and grow together closer to you, Lord. I pray that it's uh, they have... I don't know. I just pray that families grow closer with each other through you, Lord, and closer to you. 
I'm going to pray a bit against abortion right now, God. I pray that all the people that are using this as an excuse that are saying, oh, well, this is what I feel. This is what I want. No, that their eyes would be open supernaturally, God, right now, God, that they would realize that this is not of your kingdom, God, but that you would protect all those babies supernaturally, God, right now, God, that they, you would just touch them, God, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray, that this would no longer work, God, that this would no longer work in the name of Jesus. Redemption. I'm going to share a scripture, Isaiah 6, 5 through 8. It says, I said, there is no hope for me. I'm doomed because every word that passes my lips is sinful, and I live among a people whose every word is sinful. And yet with my own eyes, I have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the creatures flew down to me, carrying a burning coal that he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with the burning coal and said, this has touched your lips, and now your guilt is gone, and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord say, whom shall I send? Who will be our messenger? I answered, I will go, send me. Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your forgiveness, your redemption, your restoration, Lord. And I pray right now that every individual that is bound by sin or shame or regret, Lord God, that they would be free from that, Lord. I pray that those that are dead in their transgressions, that you would tell them to get up out of that grave, Lord God, and put on the identity that you've given them, Lord, that you have, you would send out um, just angels, Lord God, for protection, Lord God, your Holy Spirit would just bring conviction. We'd be sensitive to your spirit, Lord, and that we would turn from our evil ways. We would turn from regret, from shame, Lord God, and begin to live out the calling that you have for us, that there's no more um, regret, no more shame, no more sin that would be keeping us, Lord God, from living out the call that you have on our lives, Lord. I pray that you would restore and redeem and transform your people into a holy people. In your precious name, amen. I pray for anybody that doesn't know you or anybody in this room that has a calling to tell other people about you, um, that you'll just show it to them. God, I pray for healing and strength. Um, I myself have had um, myself healed multiple times and I've seen others healed. And we know that through you, you can work miracles that even when the doctors said we can't do anything that person's about to die then we know that there is more we can do um, first I want to say thank you to David because he is the reason I'm up here um, whenever he prayed about boldness I was feeling everything in my body that he was describing and um I'm just thankful for the Holy Spirit and the way that he leads us and in um, just unique ways and the ways that he speaks to us or other people. That being said, my word is selflessness. Um, and ironically enough, I'm going to talk about myself for a moment, even though I prayed to God to please um, not let me talk about myself. Um, and um, the reason that I'm doing this is because I just want to pray over anyone in the room who's had their voice stamped out. Um, anyone who might have talked to me in the past few months just knows I've been going through a pretty tough time and um and everyone except for I'd say my fiance probably has just been upset with almost anything I've done and I have just felt like I can't do anything right unless I'm just 
with the Lord or with my fiance or maybe with a couple people at work. Just, it's been pretty hard. And I just want to let everyone know that even if you are someone like me who's constantly thinking about how to make other people happy and how to make sure that everyone else is okay, that part of selflessness is also bringing your own self into the light because if you don't do that then you're not going to be able to give people the things that they need and so many of us that are hiding in the shadows have so much to give and because of the things that other people have done to them they just they don't know how to be themselves anymore and you have to be yourself to be in the kingdom of God and be exactly what you need to be for the kingdom of God okay that's a good word this is May she has a, a really important prayer here pray for the worship team. I want to pray that they can all do super good. They can all normally just, they can just get touched and they will, during prayer, they can just get um, more like, um, yeah. more like, stuff. Yeah. yeah. They can just get, get everything they need. They can just get touched yeah. from God. Amen. Pray that you guys get touched from God. What's up, bro? Lord, I pray for these sinners in the world that you will touch them and let the Holy Spirit show them the way to go to, through the road to you, Lord. Um, I pray that they don't sin for this, for that wall to get taller and thicker. I hope that they use time to get closer to you and love you more. I hope that they will get to know you more and they will love you more with their heart and that they love you. The Lord says, believe and trust anything that you have prayed for, I have given to you. Well, my lack of boldness put me up here dead last. So I'm going to make it quick just to and try and get everybody out of here at a decent time. And the Lord's been putting a certain phrase in my spirit all week long. It comes from Colossians. I'm going to read 26 and 27. It says, Even the mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery along the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Just think about that for a second. I think a lot of Christians miss that phrase. A lot of the body of Christ misses that phrase. Glory is any known manifestation of the attributes of God. He put Christ in us so that we could show that glory. So when we go to work, we don't see any glory. We go to, uh, we go to church, we don't see any glory. We're with our friends, we don't see any glory. Why not? Why doesn't anybody else see it? Why aren't we showing that glory the way we should? So, Father, I just I want to pray for us as a body that you would just wake us up. 
send us out into the world. <clears throat> Excuse me. Send us out into the world and just remind us to take that basket off the light. Because, Father, we're supposed to be the light in any room we walk into, and where there's light, there's, there can't be any darkness. So, Father, just light this room up right now. Yes. Spirit, fall on this room. Set every one of us on fire for you and let us walk out of here changed so that we, when we walk into work, there's no doubt that there's glory in that place. When we walk home, we walk into a friend's house, there's no doubt there's glory in that place. Father, we just thank you that, I mean, you've put Christ in us. Father, we just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. us to have the ability to walk boldly into his throne. If I sent you all out into your mailbox tickets to the Super Bowl, you would all show up. Even if you're not a football fan. I'm giving you an invitation. You can join me here tomorrow at 6 a.m. for prayer. 6 p.m. or 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. or 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. for an hour. Or you can do it in your car, in your home, in your room. Let's give something up this week and fill up with the love of God. It's the greatest call of God in our lives. Uh, I love you guys. A couple things you need to know. Tonight we're having a class for anyone that's new to our church. Or maybe you've been here for a while and you just trying to figure out how, how you find your place here. Uh, we have a class called Next Steps. It's at 630. It'll be right here in this room. We have a class uh, meeting happening right after here for mentorship. It's a group. It's a commitment for nine months. A lot of reading, a lot of stuff, but it's, it's, a, it's a brotherhood. It's a sisterhood, a deep relationship that will grow you. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for a year or 25 years. This is intense. It will be difficult, and it will, it will be hard, but it will be good for you. Um, and then we have a Connect Group Leaders meeting in the back after this. There's probably 800 other meetings that's happening throughout the church. Thank you for attending our longest service in the last 20 years. Uh, we love you guys, and uh, I'm really grateful for this house. Uh, you make it great. What a beautiful service. Lord, we love you. I'm thankful for you. And I pray that you would cause your face to shine on your people and give them peace. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.